welcome to the third annual Stephen King Espootacular Trace. And this is our official Halloween episode of the Movie Blues Podcast, Like It or Leave It. I am Dan Lyons. I am Dan fucking Enden. And uh, we have a very special guest in the house today. Feels like tonight because all my lights are off in my basement. Um, Feels like that, tonight because I woke up five minutes ago. Yeah, it, I mean, it is tonight for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's tonight for Kat, definitely right now. Um, and uh, we have a guest today. That guest is Stephen Lasker. How are you doing, buddy? Good, what's going on? How are you? Stephen is in, in a renowned jam band known as Microcave, um, to which I am the drummer. Um, our influences are not obvious whatsoever, so no comparisons need to be made. And uh, we fucking rule. So uh, today on the podcast, we are going to be doing one film, which is kind of a blessing compared to our other Stephen King specials, which have been pretty ruthless. Um, the last one we did, Dan and I, was Dr. Sleep and It Part, it part two, 2, which yeah, part was two. about 11 and a half hours of content. Um, but before we get into some questions that I have for you, Steve, um, I want to do something uh, a little unique for this episode. I need to make a dedication, which is kind of rare in the podcast, but I will be making a dedication to today's episode. Again, today's episode is Avatar by way of I Am Sam 1992's Lawnmower Man, um, in which a uh former james bond actor teaches a mentally challenged man how to become smart using video games and um for that i have to issue a dedication this one goes out to all the special ed teachers in my life those toiling around me like my spouse and even dan's as well working down to the bone to provide care and support for people's lives who are rife with tragedy and the pangs of disability i just want everyone in that field to know i see you i respect your work I believe people with mental and physical disabilities deserve every level of care and empathy we can provide in this short time on Earth. So this episode is for them. The real frontline workers, like the litany of teachers that my wife works with every day, on the front lines against a wave that simply never ceases. To those affected by disability, to those suffering from it, and those who put their life on the line, I thank you. And I have one thing that I need to let you know. One thing that needs to be said. This episode, I'm going to say retard a lot. <laughs> it's not really something I'm proud of. It's something that sometime, somewhere down the road, I'll probably have to reckon with. But what do you want me to do? This movie is about a cigarette-obsessed James Bond with an earring teaching a sweet retarded boy how to become smart using nothing but video games. I didn't come up with that. You did. So before you blame me, look inward, into the retard within. Ask yourself, is this worth being upset about? I don't think it is. Don't be a fucking retard. Dan, back to you. I, uh, for... <laughs> on this very, very off chance that there wasn't some punchline to all of that, I was like, wow, you're really trying to make up for that Indian accent from last week. Oh, I'm going to be doubling down so hard today, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to be quadrupling down on today's episode of the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm a little curious. Um, what is what is Steve Lasker's qualifications for being a guest here? I'd like to know a little bit more about Steve. Okay, well, I first want to lead off with what I've come to now ask almost every guest on the podcast. Um, First, I wanted to ask you, Steve, um, what is your favorite episode of the Movie Blues podcast? Now, I just want everyone to know, when it comes to dedication, Steve is in the topmost tier. This dude has been ride or die since day one. So for me, qualifications confirmed. I feel like we're kind of putting him on trial here. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm that's presenting fine. my evidence as to why I think uh, Steve is relevant uh, to today's case. I was just curious if he was like a Stephen King fan. He if... is. He's not only named Stephen, but with a V though. He's a huge Stephen King fan. <laughs> with a V. <laughs> um, did we talk about how my middle name is Stephen? And when I was a kid, I started spelling it with a PH because I thought that was more classy even though it was not spelled with a PH until like I had to like fill out a standardized test and my parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? That's awesome. <laughs> Steve, favorite episode of the Movie Blues podcast. I'm looking for compliments. Go ahead. Um, I would probably go between Detective Pikachu mm -hmm. and The Last Dinosaur. Okay, good choices all around. Classic, classic I, episodes. I did love, because those, those first episodes were really good. I agree. As, as opposed to... <laughs> well, no, it was, it was just like different. You know what I mean? I like yeah. 
I love Sonic the Hedgehog too. Yeah. So, and then, uh, I mean, how oh. could you not with and, that riveting? That was the beginning of a whole slew of riveting guests. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> but, uh, um, Steve, uh, the next question I like to ask every guest on our podcast: What is your least favorite opinion of Dan Edmonds? Oh man. There's so many, I know, but try to isolate it down to, like, a top five if if you want to, or just one will do. Probably. Oh, oh, no, wait, hold on, I forgot the other part of the question. And your answer can also be Speed Racer uh, in any of these questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next question is typically, what do you think of Speed Racer? But if you can use this question to answer both, that's also fine. <laughs> well, I was going to say uh, probably the Book of Henry, mm. but... Mm-hmm. Speed Race was a good one too because that movie was absolutely horrible. Oh man, yeah. you hate to see it, don't you, Dan? I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> I watch did, that. <laughs> you hate to see another disciple lost to the great cause. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, on a week, no, now daily basis, see the general breadth of opinions of our, our. What if whatever this web we've weaved around us is in the rental zone throughout the bracket? Yeah. Anytime anyone expresses an opinion that I agree with, I'm shaken to my core. Um, well, Steve, um, as we were alluding to, you are um, also a big Stephen King fan, and um, I know that this year you were saying that you recently read The Stand and maybe watched The Stand. You want to tell us how you felt about that? Well, I read The Stand probably like two years ago, but then I just watched the series recently. Yeah. And what, where would you rank the stand, like the novel, in terms of the rest of his work that you've read? Number one. Major number King, one. For sure. Major King. Number one, maybe number two. Because for some reason I have an affinity for uh, Misery. I just love that book for some reason. Hmm. Dan, have you read yeah. The Stand? I have not. I have not either. Cat has it's read The Stand. It's it a lot. It's our favorite Stephen King book. Dan's have never it's read. A lot <laughs> of characters. It's crazy. Um, uh, I saw recently the trailer for the new adaptation um, on CBS All Access, the worst streaming site of all time. Um, it doesn't look great, but I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll see how it turns out. What? <laughs> um, God bless us all. Who could have imagined that the least interesting basic cable channel would have made the least interesting streaming service? Yeah, that's a huge reach. Every time you mention CBS Plus are, are literally the only times that I remember that CBS exists as an entity. So uh, watch Twilight Zone, I guess. <laughs> that Twilight Zone revival was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I know I've mentioned that a bunch of times. Yeah, I didn't watch it because how many fucking Twilight Zone revivals do I need to watch in my life before I end up turning them off halfway through to put on the actual Twilight Zone? I mean, have you ever watched a Twilight Zone series written by a living trigger alert? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is it fair to call this a Losi spooktacular with how completely detached from the Stephen King source material this thing we just watched is? Well, it was either this or we watched The Stand, so... It was eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, what Dan is alluding to is the fact that today's uh, 1992 gem, The Lawnmower Man, uh, is a film that... Um, the movie studio had rights to a Stephen King short story, which I've read since knowing that we were going to do this. It, it's literally, it takes 20 minutes to read it. It's so short. It's like 30-something pages. Um, it has absolutely nothing to do with the movie that we watch um, at all. Yeah. And, and the entire just, scope of this story is less time than they spend on, like, a single house on in it. <laughs> um, so I uh, definitely... Definitely think that um, for a while, Stephen King's name was on the posters, on the previews, and then Stephen King sued uh, the movie studio after having seen the movie to take all of his name off of promotion, etc., etc. Um, it still retains a based on story credit. Spoiler alert, they did not. Yeah, when they went to court, they decided that it was, in fact, based on a Stephen King story somehow. Um, and... Uh, so that's how we got here, um, and um, then we watched the Lawnmower Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this one, however, uh, we have um, a plot in which Job Smith, an intellectually disabled gardener, 
and Pierce Brosnan, uh, who is playing Dr. Lawrence Larry Angelo, a scientist who decides to experiment on Job in an effort to give him greater intelligence. The experiments give Job superhuman abilities and later increase his aggression, turning him into a man obsessed with evolving into a digital being. Talk about a guy who did not look like he could pull off being named Larry. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, uh, Pierce Brosnan as the name Dr. Larry Angelo is something I, I was never able to rectify with Yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, no one named Larry wears an earring. Um, yeah, he had an earring that was like kind of reminiscent of like a Harrison Ford type. Um, yeah, midlife it was like a earring. Tommy from the Power Rangers vibe. It was very like, <laughs> like I'm gonna fuck your bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Open shirt constantly. Yeah. Open shirt. Yeah. I still don't know like where this movie takes place in the world because everybody would just seem like they yeah. were from different areas of the world. Um, well, mashed into one small town. Um, oh. I would assume it, because because like you know the '90s Silicon Valley, it probably was like Californian. And if you think right. about it, like um, if you had like a, a a tall like Matthew McConaughey surfer type as like Doctor Larry Angelo, it might, <laughs> <laughs> it might make him, like hey, my name's Doctor Larry Angelo. I do virtuality in my basement. Like yeah. I guess that works, but yeah. but uh, hiring like a Welsh prince to be that character is like a really weird. Um, yeah. That is not the only thing that I found very weird about his vibe. I mean, also um, he was very disrespectful to his wife. Um, <laughs> he was deeply addicted to cigarettes and booze. <laughs> and, like, yes. um, he liked to blame like all of his marital relationship problems on VR when yeah. it just wasn't, yeah, right. when it well, just to be, wasn't to be, him addressing. To be fair, VR was the root of all of his marital problems. That's at, true. At least he evolved to being like, not blaming them on VR, but just acknowledging that the VR matters more to him than she does. You know, I wanted to go for this season more of like um, a, a dream of the 90s virtual reality vibe with some of the movies that I was choosing. Um, uh, and nothing gave me greater pleasure than turning on this movie and seeing it open up with a text crawl that provided the literal definition of virtual reality. Yeah, oh my god. And, and you missed out on the secondary text crawl that Steven and I were blessed with. For the director's cut. What did that say? It was essentially like what you were about to see is uh I wish I had written it down. It didn't occur to me. You wrote it down? Not the whole thing, but what you you said. Well let me do the first part first because I wrote down some of the first part. It was by the turn of the millennium, a technology known as virtual reality will be in widespread use. It will allow you to enter a computer generated artificial world as unlimited as the imagination itself. Yeah, this is one of many pieces of media from the 1992 range where they envision in a short eight-year span, like, the turn of the millennium to be, like, flying cars, like, monkey super soldiers. It's fucking awesome. Part two? I love that. Well, no, so, on the director's cut, it opens with a text thing that basically says... We did a terrible job editing yeah. this, going yeah. to see jump cuts. Like we guarantee that you will see jump cuts in this film, oh, wow. no matter what. Yeah. But like, so it's there. We're acknowledging it and have oh. a have a good time. With it. So they they hit you with an apology. Yes. So it's the thing you just read, where it's like in a future where <laughs> technology's still bad. In the and future then, like, where we couldn't hire an editor to come back for two hundred thousand right. dollars and recut this film. So I was like, man, that's a really that's a large text scrawl. And then it's immediately succeeded by a text scrawl twice the side that's like, what you're about to witness is the true <laughs> director's vision of the seminal picture lawnmower man. Unfortunately, we have hobbled this all together from various different pieces of source material with different cameras used, different mics, different everything from uh, when there was a different vision for the film. Um, As such, there are some continuity errors um, in terms of plot and tone. And additionally, there will be constant jump cuts. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like super excited about that when that when that opens up, because like you said, it was basically them apologizing to me for watching this movie. 
So I felt good about that. You know what I mean? I yeah, was like, right okay. They already apologized, so like I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it. You know what I mean? That's so but, awesome. That's so nice of them to let you know. Exactly. Ridiculous. Exactly. And exactly. did you guys notice um like a tremendous amount of continuity errors or what was the deal? Dan, I was so inebriated and I was noticing constant continuity errors. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you would literally it would it would literally be as much as like Pierce Brosnan's like waving and his hand would cut from like here to like here because they just used like a totally different shot and it the camera would suddenly jump like five feet back because they didn't keep track of where the cameras were amazing yeah it was really it was dude it was fucking bonkers the things like some pieces of dialogue didn't make any sense because of plot that had been added after the fact in this director's <laughs> cut like Right. Um, I, there was one example where they're referring to the dead monkey, but like this one, they actually, they made the monkey live uh, through the director's cut and Weird. all the extra footage. I was reading an article of all the differences between the director's cut and the regular one, and it was staggering how much plot was added to this. <laughs> they were, so they like, they were changing Pierce Brodnan's, they, they felt, they like tested it and like, he had felt that they had made Pierce Brosnan's character too too much of a scumbag. Like he wanted him to be more ambiguous. Like it was more less that he was like just a total dick of a husband, and more like he was just like slowly obsessed with the work. So um, they... in my cut, it was literally like he was being the worst husband imaginable, and yeah. his wife would come downstairs and be like. Angelo, you're literally ruining our marriage. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And he would be like, you don't take VR seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. She doesn't care about the work. She just, like, wants to have a normal marriage of any kind. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. So um, they, this director yeah. apparently added 40 minutes worth of, like, poorly edited material to try to make Pierce Brosnan a more sympathetic character, as well wow. as make uh, uh, Job um have a way more uh organic character arc is how it was described yeah that, that was embarrassing yeah you should definitely um, watch the director's cut i, I almost no, insisted i don't think i'll be doing that i, um, I paid, I paid for it yeah did you both i sent it to both of you and did you both end up uh, renting it on amazon yeah i rented it on, I, did. I rented it well no amazon didn't even have it so first i went to rent it on uh google play and then i sent you a screenshot because it said it was $2.99 to uh, rent in HD. I clicked it, I logged in, and then it crossed out $2.99 and said $3.19. Like, it was charging me an extra 20 cents, basically being like, instead of a sale, we're gonna charge you more because we know from your habits you're gonna order it anyway. That's pretty Jewish. Um, and then, not only that, I ordered it and paid for it, and then it didn't work. So I had to like, email Google and ask for a refund and then we had to use someone's iPhone account to use it through Apple TV. Wow. Another yeah. Dan Endon success story. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, I got the, I got a whole extra 40 minutes of content out of it, though, so um, <laughs> who's laughing uh, now? Um, <laughs> it's not my friends I watched the movie with, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, we begin the film um, with a, a disturbing text crawl, um, but then we move on to a deep smash cut into virtual space industries. Um, and just seeing the logo of this 90s, like, techno prison where uh, they do the virtual reality mm -hmm. experiments, it just got me going so good. I saw that mm -hmm. logo. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm, this is right, <laughs> girl. I love this kind of movie. Like, hell yeah. Um, right. I, I was so sold. From, yeah. from, from that text one, crawl. Me too, dude. Yeah, I mean, no one apologized to me when it started, so I was just hyped all the way through. <laughs> um, in my cut, Angelo is a, a, as bad of a guy as you can imagine, and I was, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're not even trying to put even a decent person in this movie. The priest is evil. Everyone's evil. Like it's just <laughs> a movie oh, full yeah. of sick, yeah. evil, sick, evil people, and one sweet retarded boy that they turn sick and evil. Yeah, that's it's a it's a dark movie. <laughs> I believe if you were in the room with me and everyone who was watching after that first shot happened where they establish what the environment is i out loud said wait is this gonna be fucking awesome <laughs> it was spoiler alert spoiler um, alert it was not um we open I up wish i watched your version i think we open up on pierce brosnan whose company has been experimenting on a, on a chimp with virtual reality um, and this chimp is like a mix between kind of practical effects, um, stop motion animation, and like a child in a chimp suit. Um, <laughs> the chimp proceeds to kind of like break out of his VR restraints after they're literally putting him in like a video game where he's being attacked by a thousand like warships. Yeah, like he's this basically Ender in Ender's game. 
this is like yeah. the crux of the movie is like let's make someone smarter with vr but like let's also only program the most violent vr simulations we can possibly imagine yeah. it's literally to, ender's game to try to stimulate that growth um, which brings me to my first alternate title from this film for this film which is uh dunstan checks out <laughs> i wish the movie was just about the champ honestly i could have yeah, watched the whole movie a lot about a chimp being tortured by all of the shots of like the chimp reaching for like a revolver where it was clearly just a prosthetic arm being like put into the screen like held in and out of frame it was so fucking just like like 50s-esque quality special effects and just hilarious steve i had talked to you i know you were feeling the beginning of this movie definitely too when it when it had begun oh yeah and honestly i didn't mind i didn't mind most of the movie up until a very specific point and then it just turns for me so if we get to there, it's like right after the first sex scene with Job and that mysterious woman who could either be like 30 or like 60. I'm yeah. not sure what her age is. That, that late night Cinemax-esque yeah. sex scene featuring yeah. one retarded person. Gets his first boner and like within the next scene. So right after that scene, that was it. half retarded at that point. He, he right. had you know, half his retardation by that point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he like penetrates this woman and instantly goes like, what? I mean, it's like the opposite of full retard. He's like full fucking just like marathon man. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Angelo is like... Um, the, the retard virus is 50% out of him. <laughs> like when he was scanning his brain. Yeah. It's like, we've, we've stripped his retardation 50%. Oh, and there was a really epic scene with the monkey that I believe I just read was not in your version. Where... I only had one scene with the monkey. The monkey freaks out. It literally like does a school shooting, murders everyone in the building, and then they kill him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that's what happens in yours. In ours, that also happens, but then he's about to kill, like, the boy, and then it does this really cool shot where it, you're seeing things from the monkey's point of view, and it's super futuristic, and it's, he, like, scans the kid's, like, pupils, and it, like, zooms in on the child's pupils and, like, does all this analysis to an analyze that he's, like, a friendly, like, he's, like, sympathetic to him. <laughs> so he lets the kid live, and then, like, the monkey ends up living, even though it gets, it gets shot to death. Yeah, no, he because they mentioned the monkey because of I mean not really we see the monkey die but like a scene later they talk about the monkey as if he's in the present tense living because the editing's all fucked up that's awesome I didn't even notice that um, we got to see um, at least a glimpse of uh, inside virtual space industries where they do the VR testing they have these kind of like 90s style gyrospheres that they hook you into when you have yeah. the VR goggles on, which proceed to spin you in different directions, like it violently. So, it looks so fun. When they cut to the fucking monkey in that spinning gyrosphere, <laughs> I LOL'd so fucking hard. Like, yeah. I, I like stood up and clapped. I was like, I, I was like, the rest of this movie will be bad. I've seen it. I've seen Lawnmower Man probably 10 times in my life. What? What? Um, and, and you didn't uh, watch the director's cut? No, I've never wow. seen the director's cut. Why would you not fucking because I, it up a little bit? Because I, I truly have never enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I never wanted any more of it than already was available. Minutes, dude. I've never even heard of it. When I finished Lawnmower Man, there was nothing where I was like, man, I really could have used more of blank. <laughs> right. Unless it was just like more of a better, different movie with a different plot. <laughs> I mean, what I was reading, it really feels like it was a totally different movie, tonally. Um, it has an amazing Super Nintendo game. It has an amazing Sega Saturn game. Um, it's... It, it, like there's a game where you play all the virtual reality scenes that you're seeing in the movie to the best approximation that they could do. Wow, at the time. Um, that's cool. That's exactly what would have been on Sega Saturn. So like when I was a kid, I was like, okay, like this is like kind of a, you know, when you're a kid and you see certain movies that are quote unquote for adults and you can't tell if they're bad or just like graphic. You know yeah, what I mean? Like the Super Mario Brothers movie. You, yeah, you can't like separate like. As a kid, you see certain movies where you're like, I don't know if that was bad or if it just made me feel disgusting because it, it is what it is. Kind of like the movie The Cell with Jennifer Lopez and Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. I love that movie. Um, that. It's just like a disgusting movie, though. And like yeah. even as a kid, I was like, is this a bad movie or just a really gross one? Yeah. Yeah, I right. feel that. That's how I used to feel about Lawnmower Man. The Cell um, is a good example, and also a, a far superior picture to what we're talking about today. Far, yeah, far superior. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> The Cell isn't even particularly the best movie, but it, it is way better than this. Um, this was trash. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was this was what we call in the East Bootacular crap king. Um, yeah. 
in our, our ratings class classification scale, we have Major King, Minor King, and Crap King. This is like, okay. this is high tier Crap King, like with a couple choices and taking all of VR out of the movie, it could have been interesting, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, again, embarrassing. I just want to let everyone know, uh, especially our Gen Z listeners, which I know are climbing every day, that... <laughs> There was a period of time in the 90s when people were trying to estimate what the future would be like and never have a group of people more been more inaccurate predicting something than what people in the 90s thought the future was going to be like. <laughs> um, they really were off the mark. Um, uh, virtual reality, you know, th that we have now, no one's using it uh, in the yeah. sense that they're we trying just to. got it for PlayStations. The thing is, if you can't understand your regular reality, what would a virtual reality accomplish in terms of your cognition yeah. other than to right. completely confuse you? <laughs> like, it's like they were just in a constant state of fear that somebody was going to like, like single-handedly make the singularity happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and their version of it is like, what if all of the phones ring at the same time? We're fucked. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Dr. Larry Angelo. Please. This dude is way more fucking stressed than James Bond. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're looking at a man while dashing and handsome and with the hair of at least Mission Impossible 2 Tom Cruise <laughs> that he, he, like, he just like, I don't know if he's just a, a true piece of shit per se, but like his obsession with VR in specific is just lame. Like, <laughs> right. If, like he wants a, to change the world. It's like, what if Frankenstein was lame? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you, he's like always like yelling at his wife. He's like, you don't understand. The future will be in this world. The, the endless opportunities. And she's like, I literally just want to have sex. <laughs> I want to have sex one time. They they expand on it a lot more that like his obsession with VR is that he really he really believes that it is going to change the world for the better like it's going to be you know um, like innovative in terms of transportation of healthcare and everything like he thinks this is going to be the future of everything and then really Hank from Breaking Bad is manipulating it for the bad he's being forced to confront the negative potentials of his own uh, of his own creations like anyone who creates technology for some shadowy militaristic force has to at some point therefore his wife deserves it is what i'm saying but didn't he like explicitly say that he thought that all this research was going to eventually accomplish esp power like he, he yeah. said that yeah, yeah so like yeah he was trying to he was trying to make he was trying to defy god don't right, get me wrong. Exactly. He Your says parents that. would not have approved Dan, regardless. Um, I, I, I here's the thing, guys. We have a special gift, and that gift is hindsight because we live in the future right now. And and Doctor Larry Angelo was 100 percent wrong. His, <laughs> his research would have done nothing. I mean, at it would best, have been used for home console video game systems, and that's all. At best, he was like doing what people do when they like take LSD and go into like deprivation tanks but with right. video games I mean <sighs> just like whoever thought that like you know just like don't make just don't make movies about VR you do know what they used VR for in the real life in real world for do you right Dan you know you know who, what industry primarily uses it the Jews is uh, the police for to run training simulations on how to avoid killing black people who don't deserve it oh my gosh I feel like that's like more of an internal thing that needs to be rectified. <laughs> you would think, but uh, <laughs> if they had only called Dr. Fucking Pierce. If Romano, only they had more practice yeah. in, a, in right. a gyrosphere. <laughs> yeah, right. This is the problem. We don't have enough gyrospheres to back up what we're putting into their minds psychologically. <laughs> um, and then we are introduced to the other, the um, Dr. Angelo's foil, if you will. Um, his name is Job Smith. He's a sweet retard that lives in a shed. Uh, behind a church um, under the watch of several townspeople, one yeah. of which is a priest who molests him. Right. Um, which which this movie, right from Jump Street, gave <laughs> off Book of Henry vibes in that there was the exact same shot of someone looking out the window down into a window of the house next door neighbor to them to see abuse be implied. 
I did not yeah, make that, that connection myself, but it, yeah. It was the exact same shot, dude. I was like, holy shit. We got fucking Hank from Breaking Bad, and we're starting with um, Ambiguous Abuse Next Door. This is why Dan picked this movie. I actually forgot that there was, like, priestly abuse in this movie. <laughs> Don't look and it was me. weird, because yeah. it was like, you know, I was like, oh god, the priest is about to abuse him. Surely he's gonna fuck him. But, like, it was more just like, no, the priest likes beating the shit out of the retarded kid. It was still pretty gay. Yeah, it felt gay, yeah, it, didn't it? It felt pretty gay. <laughs> I got gay vibes. I thought yeah, at any I, time it was gonna get gay. Yeah, I was like, alright, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This is just the beginning. <laughs> this character of Job, so uh, Simple Jack in Tropic Thunder has to be entirely based on this character, right? Well, he's Tom Cullen from The Stand. It's the exact same character. Do you guys watch The Stand if you've never read it? You mean it's the same actor or like... No, it's it's like just the exact same character. Oh, wow. It's the exact same character. I thought he was going to walk out. I was like, oh, look, Tom Cullen's in another movie. There are a lot of Stephen King tropes in this movie. That yes. even though it is not a Stephen King property whatsoever, whoever made it, knowing that they had the Stephen King property, wanted to do like a couple things, like be it like the lawnmower operating on its own, which like Stephen King has done a million things like that, or, um, you know, someone gaining some sort of power who starts from a place of like abuse. I mean, that's always in his stuff as well. Um, gross generalizations of the retarded um, tends to be something that happens in his work and also yes. portraying priests as like and religion as a generally negative concept that comes with abuse is something that is in tons of Stephen King properties yeah I was um, I was pretty relieved to do the research and find out that the film departed so much from the original source material because I was sitting there being like, man, I know King had his like fucking late 80s cocaine era where yeah. he was just going completely off the rails, but even this seems like no. a little bit beyond what he would have written. I think VR is where they lost him. Yeah. Dude, but 100%, if this was an accurate depiction of the Stephen King work, I would be reading that shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I'd like to see how you would do that. <laughs> dude this simple jack character it is insane it's like the same overalls like that it has to be exactly <laughs> like ben stiller was paying homage to this I feel you're like. saying you're saying they all look the same dan no i'm saying this <laughs> character and simple jack are both oh yeah the look, blonde hair. look act are dressed and um, are given the same weird artificial freckles they are exactly the same it's so bizarre you're saying that like all of them because their eyes are kind of widely set they all look the same is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah well it seems like that's what you're saying dad i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> how dare you okay which brings me to my next uh potential title for this film <laughs> from simple jack to captain jack <laughs> Oh, boy. A little bit more about Pierce Brosnan's character I wanted to mention. Um, besides him, like, drinking whiskey meats at 10 a.m. in every scene in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, one note I have about him, I just say, he's just such a fucking bum. Oh, yeah. Like, he is playing video games in his basement and letting that destroy his whole life. That upsets me a lot. Um, uh, and, and there's just, like, a bunch of mean-spirited, nasty shit in this movie that I didn't appreciate. Um, the priest, as we mentioned, is extremely mean and awful to Job all the time. He literally says to him, I tried to teach that stupid mind of yours some responsibility since you were five years old. Yeah. That's no way to talk about the sweet retard that lives in your shed. <laughs> it's, it's really not. In order to fully understand the lawnmower man, it's absolutely essential to try to put yourself into the era in which it was made at a time when the idea of VR was both frightening and imaginative concept that defied the notion of the larger than life. The director's cut knows this and actively takes the time to explore the different possibilities and consequences that can arise with such a powerful form of computer science. Um, meanwhile, blah, 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 the characters, as well as both their shortcomings and motives, are paid more attention to, bringing forth the kind of understanding absent from the studio's less emotional theatrical cut. The effects, meanwhile, are given even more of a platform than before, oh, which convey no. a hyper-real feel, which remains somewhat impressive. If there is more oh, VR inside the VR world footage, count me the fuck out. There's way more VR footage. It's constant. 
Yeah, I mean, the movie already from my cut was at least like 40 minutes of really disturbing VR scenes. That could have been the weirdest video game ever. Yes, this person's trying to give such credence to it. What's the uh, the person who plays the retarded guy's name, the actor's name, something Fahey? Jeff Fahey. Yeah, so um, while Brosnan's work is able to just barely survive the studio's version with something of a performance, Fahey's work doesn't fully register as acting until seeing the director's version and the arc he is truly allowed. Oh my god. Steve, how do you feel about all that? Is that about uh, correct to what you watch? Well, I would never think about this movie that deeply in my entire life, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I hadn't considered the idea. The only other thing they mentioned is calling out Dean Norris, who boasts a questionable British accent. Yeah, I mean, Dean Norris, who is Hank from Breaking Bad, he pretty much talked like this the whole time. He was like, about to invite us all to a candy factory. He was like, like something would happen with Dr. Angelos. Essentially, he's Dr. Angelos, like uber, uber boss, like 1984 level boss of him. Yeah. He's like Zordon. (laughs) Yeah. Because again, like the, this VR company, not only does it have technology that really doesn't exist, but the way that it operates, by that I mean there's one other employee who's basically like an albino vampire that just walks around. <laughs> that was um, so weird. It's lit like a nightclub because, of course, it's like a virtual reality center in the 90s. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's like a German fucking Uber dungeon. Yeah, it's like a it's like a fucking Hellraiser techno prison. And it's, um, <laughs> it's but apparently like, very easy to get into. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Until the end. Then it's very hard to get into, but throughout the whole movie, it's very simple to just walk right in. That place literally has a revolving door. Revolving door. People are going on dates, literally, in the movie to there. And using the technology. I mean, look at the place. It's aesthetically very pleasing. Yeah, until the very end, when he goes, Sir, the gates, they're open. (laughs) He goes, all right, then close them. (laughs) He's like, that could have prevented all of this. They're open. If only Simple Jack hadn't brought his date to the gyroscope and erased her mind. Right. Um, Angelo's boss, yeah, was um, just like, there was one scene with Angelo's boss. This was probably my favorite moment in the entire movie. There was one scene where um, things are getting serious and like fucking uh, Pierce Brosnan is like pretty much like getting to the point where he's either going to make a huge scientific breakthrough or like he's going to be fired or murdered by this company. Right. And he goes to meet with his boss in Washington, D.C., who again is Hank from Breaking Bad, who's doing this obscene British accent. And um, first of all, they cut into his office. It's the middle of the day, but every single light (laughs) is out. In, in his room. And the only natural light that's lighting the room is coming in through, like, cathedral windows in this man's office. Yeah. It looks like he works literally in, like, a dusty, like, dungeon. Yeah, it's very, and, like, church-like, almost. They cut to him, Dr. Angelo's freaking out. He's like, you can't do this to our research. We're dying out here. Like, if I don't get this last grunt, blah, 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 blah. And, and Dean Norris, meanwhile, is literally just, like, scribbling notes on a notepad and speaking in a whisper to an assistant who's then like relaying what he says to Pierce Brosnan, who is five feet away from him. It is <laughs> such a vibe and moment. Like Pierce Brosnan is like literally like, like you're either going to have to kill me or like, it's like the most desperate situation. And Dean Norris can't even be bothered to look up and speak to him. He's just like, he's like, God knows what he's drawing on his fucking notebook. It's like the Big Lebowski where yeah. he goes and, and does the pencil thing and he's just drawing an outline of a guy with a huge boner. That's, <laughs> exactly. what I was gonna say. That's exactly. awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, as Pierce Brosnan is treating the sweet retarded boy with virtual reality, he starts becoming much, much smarter. And then the movie kind of goes from like flowers of Algernon to like Akira for a little while. <laughs> um, yes, and- one, one of my titles for the film was flowers for Algernon in 4DX. Um, oh, I forgot a note here that says, as if the movie Blues podcast needed a scene of a movie where a priest beats a retarded person with a belt. <laughs> um, one of my favorite cuts in the movie as well, they cut to Angelo, like as things start to unravel, as Joe becomes super smart, he's getting more and more stressed, and his wife is about to leave him. And they just cut to Angelo sitting in his chairs, fucking chest hanging out, smoking a cig, like drinking a glass of whiskey. And the cut is so fast, like the editing is so bad. They cut to him, and the first thing he goes, he just goes, marriage, what a joke. 
(laughs) (laughs) Like, to to no one. Yeah, right. Like, that's his opening line, and then his wife bursts in through the door. It was fucking amazing. The the script supervisor needed to sprinkle that one in. He was going through a divorce at the time. That's awesome. Well, no, that was when they get into the fight in the basement. Yes. She's like, you said you were going to take me to the city. And he's like, we're we're not going to the city. Like, I got to do this. And then... She, she storms out of the house, and it's broad daylight. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. She's fully dressed for a night out. He is basically blackout drunk. And I'm like, I thought it was nighttime. You know what I mean? Because it was so strange when they go outside. It's just daylight. Yeah, she, goes, she goes, you said we were you were going to take me out to the city. And his response is just while looking up at her while drinking, just like, why didn't you remind me? And she was like, I did. And he was just like... Well, I've been working on VR, as you know. <laughs> I've been doing stuff. I'm busy. Uh, first of all, when when Pierce Brosnan starts experimenting on Job, the first shot of it is him doing an experiment with Job where Job needs to essentially match the block. It's like take one size block and drag it to the same pattern or the same shape. That's it, right? So, like, yeah. it goes pretty well. Pierce Brosnan's, like, watching him. He's like, yes, yeah, very good, Job. And then, like... The smash cut to the next thing that he's teaching him, and Job is in a fully restrained flying simulator <laughs> yeah. with like a full VR helmet on. Like the last experiment was just like on a TV screen. Now he's got a full VR helmet on. They show what he's seeing. It's basically like it, it, the worst laser space war you could ever be embroiled in. Like the it's not something like know it from my wife. Like knowing what people who suffer from intellectual disabilities have. Like blasting. Blasting them with the most insane, violent imagery is just, like, not going to do them any favors whatsoever. It's just, like, it's obviously going to dismantle his brain right off the bat. It's not going to make anyone smarter to be, like, thrust into a techno war. It just doesn't work like that. (laughs) Every time you're in a situation on the pod where you have to multiple times talk about Rachel's job, at one point you say something that sounds like you're calling your wife retarded. (laughs) I need you to stop calling my wife retarded. Honestly, using the R word on this podcast, big no, no. So okay. just, just check yourself. The R word being Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Don't explain my jokes for me. It, it's okay. We're already, uh, we're already past the 45 minute mark. So she won't hear that anyway. Now we're at the point where, um, <laughs> where, uh, Job is having his mind deeply probed and fucked by virtual reality. <laughs> to the point where like, at one point he gets pulled out of it and he just goes, I saw God. I touched God. Yeah. That yeah. was crazy. That, cyber, that was what you read God. fully crazy. You went fully fucking bonkers. Um, yeah. yeah. This, this, um, there, there was a line about where he says cyber God. And I was like, why is this movie not called cyber God? Um, side plot alert. One of my favorite uh, C plots of any movie I've watched in recent memory. Um, we have a, a completely different movie. Um, that movie is about Job having become like 50% less retarded, um, falling in love with uh, the governess of the mansion that he mows the lawn at and falling in love with her and banging her. And like, it's almost like its own contained insane story um, within. Um, It's like one of those like stars late night, like, like softcore movies yeah. designed for women where it always takes place in like a Victorian era and everyone's British. Right. Um, and, but the thing about it that elated me so much was, and I know this is a nitpick to really say that you're enjoying, but um, Job had like a buddy who also was a gardener at the same mansion who was like maybe like a 50 year old man, whatever, who knew full well that he, uh, a day ago was completely <laughs> retarded. Right. And, and as Job is like looking up to the balcony and this woman's like, come fuck me, Job, come fuck me. He looks over to the gardener guy and the gardener guy's just like, you can do it. Literally. He's like, who is it? That's Terry. He's like, get it. That was the drunk brother. Dude, what the Dude, fuck? That woman, it literally, it took him losing 50% of his retardation for him to just start, like, walking, walking around, like, with bare muscles out. And this woman is up on the balcony just staring at him, and she's just like, come to be Job. It was yeah, he just gets, like, jacked. Yeah. He Very gets, attractive. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. get smart. He Within, gets like, one scene. Like, wow, look at this guy. Dude, he fits into a pair of jeans, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and he oh, wanted yeah. to go, like, what's funny, what's funny, too, about it is, like, when Job is retarded, he idolizes 
being a cowboy. Yeah. But like as he becomes smart and takes on the cowboy persona, I think there's a point at which he's like, all right, I got to lose the cowboy thing. Yeah, now, right. Now I'm smart yeah. enough to know that even that's not yeah, cool. Yeah, now I'm like omnipotent being rather than uh, the first half of the film in which I'm just like Trey Parker in fucking basketball. <laughs> I have a note that just says, why are we acting like VR is something more than a screen shoved in front of your eyes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they were truly terrified of it, dude. It becomes like, a, they started like, when, when he starts teaching him stuff, that's when he lost me. That's when they lose me. Because at first he's just playing a video game with a, with a young child. Right. That's all Job is doing. And all of a sudden he's smart. And then he's like, all right, here's the history of the world. Listen to this. I'll be back in a couple hours. And then he's like the smartest person that ever lived. Right. He just like how did that happen? What yeah. what happened? He was just playing like yeah. Where in the line did VR right. also include like Clockwork Orange esque indoctrination with his exactly. like like onslaughts of information like and that happens all off screen. Where I mean it's like, it's literally shown at one point him flying through like a space tunnel and pages of history books right. flying by him right. a yeah. thousand miles an right. hour. Where hitting him with the head. That yeah. Now that he's smart, he could just read. Right. He didn't have time for that. He's just throwing discs on the floor. That one scene where he's just throwing discs, you just like putting them in, throwing discs. Yeah. Oh my god. He's just. Oh, I didn't have a disc. Like a hundred CDs. Oh yeah, dude, Dan. It's like it's showing how much, how he's like rapidly increasing his ability to accept information, and basically the way it, it shows that these are essentially little individual computer programs. All the information in the VR. And there's like a thousand of them. And Job is absorbing information so fast that he's like, it's like, it literally looks like, like, the, uh, like a PlayStation 2 slot coming out. And he's just like putting a disc in. The thing is reading it. He's taking it out. He's throwing the thing across the room, putting yeah. a disc in, taking it out, whipping it. For, there's no reason to whip them across the room. They could be of use to someone else. But he's just, <laughs> dude, in the t- like, we're at a time where still, when I install a PlayStation game, it takes an hour to install before I can do it. This dude is putting, like, essentially Sony mini discs into a player in rapid succession, essentially absorbing the entirety of, like, the Encyclopedia Britannica at rapid speed. Yep. But, like, he needs to be in, like, VR world to do so. Yeah. He, like, he taps into some, like, thing in his head where he can retain information he needs to be in VR world. Yeah. It's very strange. I, I, yeah. It just makes no fucking sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just makes no fucking sense, like, at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, things from there pretty much play out as you would imagine. He just like kills everyone, melts everyone's brain, yeah, turns, turns people into goes. pixels and shit. So when the priest burned, was that supposed to look like really shitty VR, or was that just a terrible? I've never fire? seen anything like it was that, dude. So bonkers. The priest burned. Like, what was that? Yeah, you want to <laughs> explain? Do your best to explain to the listener, Steve what that special effect looked like when the priest was set on fire. It looked like pixelated, like, fireworks, like, red fireworks, just, like, growing from his feet up. Yeah, right. And he was screaming the whole way through. And, I, and I'm like, for a movie that was, like, had all the special effects, to not be able to pull off a fire, a man on fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. It seems to be a pretty simple thing to do. They couldn't it, do it. They were doing what, what I find to be a very common thing in 90s dystopian technological... Uh, like, VR movies. Yeah, basically all movies of this nature where they really overdid it, where they got to the point where anytime something dramatic happens, even if it would have made 10 times more sense to do it with a practical effect, they felt the need to do it with CGI, but clearly did not have the budget or talent to do so correctly. So they were trying to no. convey that basically through telekinesis, Job is lighting the priest on fire as a retribution for the abuse. But it's, it's literally VR. like, it's like, it, it looks as if you're like it's one of those old like fmv computer games from the early 90s where mm-hmm. like it's like a still image on screen and to show that something's on fire just like little bursts of fireworks yeah. sprinkle around him yes like the video game yeah. doom it looked like doom the first doom yes, basically. Exactly. like when, exactly. a, when, a, when a, one of the things explodes yeah when a it's like a explodes. superimposed image yeah. of a real person with video game fire happening around him and then he just yells a bunch at one point he clearly just disappears though and then it's just the fireworks yes in the yes. shape of a man <laughs> yes, dancing exactly. around the room screaming and there's yeah. no person anymore yes yeah. which is why i'm wondering if 
that was alluding to basically him bringing VR into the world. Maybe yes. I'm looking at it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and he, and he didn't get burned. He like went to the VR yeah. to hell. Because the fuck that, that, that no, seamlessly no. transitioned into him turning people no. into these weird little pixels. Of yes. I, I, Closer to this. It's more like this. Imagine it like this, right? What essentially happened in this movie, they sent this retard over the edge in terms of intellectual stimulation by virtual reality. He became master of the VR world, in a sense. Then, kind of like, um, think about Neo um, in the third Matrix movie where he starts exhibiting powers outside of the Matrix in the real world. Like, he okay. started bringing the power, and mind you, the power of VR, as we've learned, is extremely powerful of VR into the real world. And like literally could take people and pixelate their bodies into like bubbles, and then the bubbles would just float away. And that yeah. would be it. Yeah, right. they'd separate, they would spin around, they would look vaguely like human form. It, that was, it was pretty fucking cool. That was one of my favorite effects in the movie, actually. It was absurd, literally absurd. Um, would both of you believe, and I know I've mentioned it before, but would both of you believe that there's a sequel to this movie? Yeah, I, I, I was, saw that. I was thrilled to discover that there was a sequel to this movie. That was an 11 on Rotten Tomatoes. One of my favorite sequels. Wow. In the 90s. It is. Did Joe Biden? The If you think that this movie was at all bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do. Which I do. If you thought that this movie was like at all ridiculous, like the fucking next movie, and and again, I I haven't seen the next movie since I literally watched it on VHS maybe when I was like twelve years old, eleven years old, something like that. Um, I do remember that it takes place in a world in which like Job has taken over the entire world, and it's flying cars, full space. The kid from this movie, the little blonde kid, who's like the C character, you know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah. kid is the main character, but it's in the future, and Job is played by like the bald guy from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Dude, wow. it it like when you see movies like Crank to Crank 2, right. in terms of like taking an idea. Yeah. Yeah. The escalation of this next movie blew my mind as a child. Um, I'm sure as an adult, it's going to be fucking incredible, and I can't wait <laughs> to watch that one with both I, of you guys. Yeah, I can't believe this hasn't been like remade to death in our current. So I, I guess you're not allowed to like play retard anymore. I mean, well, this is like a tale as old as time, really. Also, like um, one of my favorite pieces of research um, on this film was that it was. Um, Technically, in terms of monetary return, it was the number one most successful indie film of 1992, just edging out The Crying Game. Wow. Jesus Christ. So there what? is a list in the film universe in which, <laughs> when you look at the top of the list, it's number one, Lawnmower Man. Number two, Crying Game. <laughs> wow. That is a list I never thought I'd hear. Yeah, that was thrilling. All right, are you guys ready for a segment? I'm so ready. So ready. Okay, I have a very special segment devised for today's podcast. <laughs> I want you to listen to the title very closely because it's going to aid you in answering these questions that follow. The name of the segment is Negative Review of Lawnmower Man from Rotten Tomatoes or My Personal Review of the Biscuits. <laughs> oh, man. The, the right. biscuits in question for for our listeners are uh, of the disco variety. They are um, a seminal seminal jam band from Philadelphia who are often quite poor um, and occasionally quite great. Yeah, and um, like really, <laughs> yeah, like anything in life, really, and, and pretty much what we model both our lives and our podcast off of, and what the other two model their bands off of. So, yeah, I mean, we made it through three seasons without directly talking about the biscuits, but we're just going to go with it for this Lawnmower Man episode of all. Because yeah. you, um, you have to remember, Dan, we have listeners in, like, South Africa and shit. You can't just say, like, Lawnmower right. Man or the biscuits. They're going to be like, biscuits. Do Google, do Google Lawnmower Man. Don't go Google Do Google biscuits. Mirrors Pro Shot at Red Rocks. <laughs> Again, the game is Is this a negative review of Lawnmower Man from Rotten Tomatoes or my personal review of The Biscuits? 
Um, the first one is just one word. Predictable. <laughs> Who is this for? <laughs> it's for both of you. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with both. That's wrong. Both is not the answer. Okay. You, you have to pick one or the other. So when you say personal review, is this something you've personally written on the internet previously, or this is your general pe pe feeling about the disco business? With a little bit of like extra negativity sprinkled on it for comedic effect, yes. Okay, so I'm going to go with Rotten Tomatoes. Me too. Okay, Predictable is, in fact, a review of Lawnmower Man. I did, in fact, read that review on Rotten Tomatoes. I figured. Um, could have been something special. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're driving at here, but I'm gonna go with Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Steve? I'm gonna go with Rotten Tomatoes too. That is, in fact, my review of the Disco Biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> um, quote, plenty of eye rolling moments. Dan? I'm gonna go with the Disco Biscuits. Yeah, I'm going with you on that one. I'm going with Dan. Um, that is in fact a review of Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely outdated. <laughs> That's definitely you. Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna say Rotten Tomatoes. That is in fact a review from Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Oh. A wasted opportunity. <laughs> this one could go either way. Yeah. As all of them could. <laughs> um, I'm definitely sending a link of this to Mark Brownstein, though. Continue. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the disco go biscuits. With... Yeah, me too. This is a wasted opportunity. We're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That is in fact a review of Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly fades from memory. <laughs> that's that's Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna say disco biscuits. Steve, I remember seeing it. Hold on, Steve's video's frozen. He's oh, back. there you are. Um, what was that one again? I'll take it again. Oh, instantly fades from memory. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the disco biscuits. We're going with Rotten Tomatoes. That is, in fact, my review of the disco biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> All flashing lights and no substance. <laughs> I'll let um, Steve take this one. <laughs> I gotta go rock tomatoes on that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go with rotten tomatoes as well. That was in fact a rotten tomatoes review. Yeah. Yes. This is hilarious. We have a few more. <laughs> <laughs> An ambitious, not quite failure. <laughs> oh, man. I'm gonna reluctantly go with Rotten Tomatoes. I have to, too. You guys are correct. That only, is only because yeah. you wouldn't, you, like, grammatically form a sentence that way. <laughs> not quite failure. Um, <clears throat> great fun. Rotten That's tomatoes. you, man. That's you, man. That's me. Okay. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Reading Rotten Tomatoes. That is, in fact, <laughs> a review. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is, in fact, one of the only positive reviews. That's all, folks. Lawnmower <laughs> <Blonde> Man. <laughs> all right, I'm ahead by three. Let's go. Um, uh, fun to do drugs to. <laughs> yeah, this could go either way. This I'm is gonna, both. I'm gonna say lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was negative review of Lawnmower Man or my personal review of the biscuits, which we will do again for Lawnmower Man 2. Don't go reading fucking reviews at this time, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm gonna uh, I'm uh No, never mind, go on. <laughs> Looking them up on a side screen right now. <laughs> no, I decided I I didn't mean to read Rotten Tomatoes, but you know when you search for the movie, now Google gives you like the top like a handful of reviews at the top. I couldn't avoid it. I was looking for uh, an article about the director's cut. But more importantly, I remain undefeated at our games. Let's go. 
I don't know what that means. That cannot be true. Let's and, go. And I refuse to go back through anything. There's no evidence that. to the contrary. Wait. <laughs> Who won movie? Who I won think movie? I won the original movie game. You won nothing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did, bro. I'm pretty I mean, sure you did. I mean undefeated since I started winning. Oh, okay. Which That's is the sad. second time we did the movie game. I don't love that. <laughs> Steve, do you have anything else you want to share um, in terms of your feelings on Lawnmower Man? At the very end of the movie, like the whole climax at the end right. was insane. When Pierce Brosnan walks into the gate, there's like a scene where it cuts, like he walks, and then it cuts back to him looking backwards, and there's an assault rifle perfectly sitting on the fence, just like waiting for him. <laughs> so he picks that up. The, the suicide scene was amazing. Looked like a graphic suicide scene that's oh terribly God. done. Did I see that? Dude. He, I don't know, but that was amazing. Was he shoots himself crazy. in the forehead. It's yes. just like, it, it just, it, it's amazing. He and makes it, the guy do it through yeah. VR. And it's yeah. constantly Joe splash cutting it. back and forth to like Job looking at things in terms of VR and looking at like the silhouette of someone holding a gun to their head and splitting with like making the person in real life doing it. And when he pulls the trigger, the way they're the way, dude, you think that they're gonna get away with it by cutting back to the Keep VR, doing the VR yeah, to show exactly. the head, to the show the headshot, and instead, in like the only shot of like <laughs> solid practical effects in the movie, you just pops see a fucking hole explode in the guy's forehead. <laughs> yeah, he just pops himself in the forehead. Like I was like, he's gonna stay in VR. Oh my gosh! And then the big explosion, the way they cut. They just kept cutting back to the building exploding, and like three oh of the cuts, God. the building wasn't exploded yet. So we were just like, yes. boom, silent. The boom, worst boom. explosion I've ever oh my. seen. It was in like a four film. separate like, cuts. Dude, it was like when you watch like like Dante's Inferno, the way they keep cutting to like milk the same shots of like yes. lava. It was so comical. It was amazing. So that ending just was so bad. And then all of a sudden, he has like a full family. Like, yeah. he, like, all, he, like, he just, he's just holding the kid and his mom, around. he's just like, you're my family now, like, you're, you're neighbors, after, you know, I like kick your wife out. It, I like the amazing. part where, like, Joe became so ingrained with the VR world that, like, his body transcended, like, space and time, so that, like, when his body was no longer a full body, he was briefly just, like, a shell of himself. Did you yeah. know that? Was this in your in your version, Dan? Yeah, where it was just like a cocoon of Job in real life, while he had become he had gone full. And like, how does he open the door for? Like, that's another part. Remember when he opens the door for Pierce Brosnan, yeah, and he like looks with, up, and he's like, Job. with his mind, with his mind that's in VR, that's not in the real world anymore. So how is he controlling things? The lines the world? have been blurred, my friend. Yeah, the lines <laughs> have been very blurred since <laughs> the beginning of this fucking movie. So the lines have been unfortunately blurred. Yeah, like. VR is now R, and I and I can't establish what's actually R or not anymore. Yeah, so it's whatever computer. they had the budget for. Yeah, whatever they wanted to do, to they were just going for. I don't even know really how to rate a movie like this. I know. How do you rate a movie in which the climax is a person in like a time crisis esque oh. hellscape where basically trying to enter various internet ports and it just says access denied ad nauseum a million times repeatedly. Oh. And the because one Pierce Brosnan's I... cut off his exit, his like his entrance oh, no. into the rest, like from the mainframe into other people's internet servers. So it's basically the climax is just a uh, Job in VR world trying to access people's internet modems and just constantly saying access denied over and over again, and that's the only thing keeping <laughs> right. humanity from the brink of its uh, extinction. It's so weird. And one part that I totally forgot to mention is how the mother of this child drives down the road to wait for a man who is clearly doing something very dangerous and instantaneously falls into a deep enough sleep that her son is able to crawl out of the car and run a couple miles up there before she even wakes up. Right. And she wakes up, she's like, and instead of driving the car, she runs out of the car. Right. And just runs towards the building while her young How does she fall? It, it, that was amazing to me. There's just so <laughs> many funny points in this movie where she's like, why did you do this? But I love it. I love, I love it, was, it. it was wrong-headed on so many levels, yeah, but I love this movie. also did so many I love things it. that like, visually were so fucking interesting and hilarious to me that I was just like, I can't give this below a five, even though it surely deserves it, because it's just so fucking bonkers and just like, Same. like I, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's fucking out of control, but like, it's surely not better than like most movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, won't you uh, give this on the GGR scale? 
What did I give Fast Five? A 5.6? Yeah. No, you gave it a 5.6. I gave it a 5.9. Yes. So, I guess I gotta give this, like, a 6.1. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Steve, like, Steve, within, within this movie is a 9 out of 10 movie. I was teetering between two, so I'll probably just cut the middle and say 5.6. Brutal. I was wow. gonna say 5.3, but I'll give it the I'll give it the point six. Dan, this movie is entertaining as shit, but in no way, shape, or form is it good. I put your score as a little tiny blurb right there. Awesome. Our I'm, I'm guess, happy to be on the board. I'm just happy last, to be on the board. Our last guest score we put on the board or on the on the tape, so you're <laughs> Jay Cohen's score wow. we just threw in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> um We should have asked Joan to give a rating of Last Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to give this movie um, a 6.9. Wow. Wow. Nice. The and fucking, also... the ever-present Dan Lyons 6.9. Um, in such illustrious company as, uh, what else? What else got a 6.9? The Lodge. Um, fucking. There are, it's, it's a score reserved for movies. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> It's a score for movies that tried extra, extra hard and failed even harder. Um, uh, This movie was a colossal fuck up on a different on a different level at points. But um, I do love any movie where like, A, there's VR and it's the 90s and people are talking about technology. That is, to me, priceless. Um, So like there is a world in which I would give this movie like a solid 10. But I'm not going to do it on like an. That's action. not. That's not this world. <laughs> that's not this world. I have that's to be the a VR more, world. I have yeah, to. Be more, <laughs> I have to be a little more honest around here, or my scores and decisions will haunt me, which is as is the case in the movie blues podcast. Um, Dude, the second this movie started, I was like, Dan's going to love this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yep. Dan loves this piece of shit. <laughs> loves Currently. it currently loves it almost um, every choice in this movie was the wrong one and somehow it was still entertaining <laughs> that is what you just said is you've described my favorite genre <laughs> right and buddy we have so many more movies like this maybe even more ridiculous than this um coming up um disclosure with michael douglas also is about vr but about <laughs> but about sexual harassment as well and it's uh it's a vile movie. is in is in visioneers on the list for this season as well uh i don't know it no should be. well it it's should be. to be i don't want to watch a good movie about vr though so we have to be careful yeah i mean calling Visioneers <laughs> right. a good movie is a stretch well, this was not a good movie, um, and uh, it's going to be in a long line of stinkers that we're going to be diving into this season. Um, Steve, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? No, I just want to thank you guys again. I, I'm a huge, I am a huge fan, even though you guys are both my friends. I love with my friends who sick shit, but I don't have to lie to them about and say it's actually sick. sick. So That's this is sick. sick. And thank you guys so much for having me on. Seriously, I, I've wanted to do this for a while, so. Very Absolutely, cool. dude. Yeah, man. We'll see you in the RZ. I'll oh, see you. Safe travels, buddy. <laughs> you guys too. Thank you. Dan, you want to grease up a baby <laughs> and put it on your knee and spank it for half an hour until it turns red? I, I wanted to talk to you about this before the show. I felt like we needed – I'd like to sh- move away from the, cool, cool. the greased up baby humor at the end of the thing. I'd like them to happen a little bit more, more organically. Um, you know, sometimes I just want to fucking just like kill everyone with fucking baby.